0: message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. You know, Solomon has been said that he's been the wisest man on earth, right? Everybody knows. Uh, If you read the scripture, follow even history, you realize that this man was especially gifted from God. But Solomon... uh, He's been quoted from this chapter 3 of, 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 of Ecclesiastes. And I don't know if you realize this, but a lot of, of us have heard this in the context that there's actually time for everything. Have you heard an advice from a preacher or from somebody, listen, don't worry about your life, don't worry about what you're doing now, there will be time for everything. I mean, the wise man said there is an appointed time for everything. And there's a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth, a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to... Shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up a loss as loss, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And then he says this What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I've seen the task which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. Now, again, we've heard this in the context that people are trying to tell us, using the scripture and the wisdom of Solomon to tell us that, hey, don't worry about there'll be time for everything in your life, right? Even people that claim to have this, this uh, advice coming from scripture. and sounds like wisdom, right? So don't worry if you're having a bad time now, if, you, if you're crying now, You laugh in the future, right? But then what about, he says, a time to be born and a time to to kill? And he says a time to love and a time to hate. And as we get into this book, and I don't know if you realize this, but actually, Solomon, and listen to me now, his counsel here is actually, he's not counseling anybody. He's pointing out a reality of life. He's looking at life and he's saying, listen, this is what I've seen. But he's looking at it from a perspective and he's pointing out life without God, this is what it looks like. Let me follow, follow me on this because my, my main point this morning that I want you to understand is that really we need to be watchful and careful with our time because in truth, there's no time for everything in life. Listen to this. Let me point out to you that Solomon, and I want you to turn with me in the life of Solomon quickly. And I just point out three times in the life of Solomon. 1 chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. And we're not going to dig too much into it because we don't have the time anymore. But chapter 3 of 1 King, you know that Solomon, God appeared to him, right? And he's just named king, and, and God appears to Solomon. And Solomon says, hey, listen, ask whatever you want. Right? I mean, just think about that. What, a, what, a, what an opportunity. If God will come to you and ask you, just ask whatever you want, what would you ask for? Oh, man, a million dollars, some guys, some, some young people would say. I will fix everything, right? Oh, whatever, whatever your heart is, you know, people, what, imagine, what would you ask for? God gave him a blank check and said, listen, ask whatever you want, I will give it to you. And you know that Solomon was so tied with God. He was living his life so in tune with God. And he knew really what was important in life. That he said, Lord, I recognize that he was humble at that point. He said, listen, I, I, I recognize you put me as a leader in the people of God. Uh, I'm nobody, he says, so I need wisdom. And so he starts right. Amen? He knows that within a man that there's no telling. There's nothing in a man in, it, in itself innate from us. But everything, anything good comes from a God. Amen? So he says, God, I need you to give me the wisdom. I need you to lead me out, and I want to live with you. So Solomon, listen to his young people and those who are not so young anymore, like me, 46 now, turning, and I just feel like There you go. You have it. If they ask you, 46. Don't be saying 50 yet. My son would keep saying the whole week, Dad, are you are turning 50? I don't know why he intends on that, but uh, he thinks it's funny, I guess. But... Um, 46 years old and we're not as young anymore I know that because now uh, I, I'm trying to run again now trying to do some training Being recovering from my bag issue with the bicycling cycling I realized that my body it's uh, older than what it looks I think <laughs> because uh, this week I'm trying to go back to running and I actually didn't have a chance to run until Friday and I'm doing some pull ups which I've done for a whole time I mean I've done pull ups in and out and all of a sudden, some muscle somewhere hurt back here. I'm like, "Oh, I couldn't do that pull up anymore; <laughs> had to let go." And then the wife came home. She's a physical therapist, and um, and I asked her, "You know, honey, you got to do something for me. Help me out." So she gave me a patch <laughs> and put it in there. <laughs> hey, man, you get what you could. You, you get what you could get, right? <laughs> so it's help. It's help. But but. So wherever you are in life, Solomon knew that life with God is the right kind of life. Amen? That in our daily lives, we need God's wisdom, that we need guidance from God, that there's nothing in us good, that everything comes from God. And so you know what happens right next. In the next few lines of 1 of, of, of Kings, Solomon is confronted with a test for his wisdom. And, you know, you remember the story, right? Two mothers come to him claiming that they all have the same child. And right away, Solomon puts God's wisdom in practice. And he, so he decides, okay, you both claiming the same mother. We have no way of telling. There was no recording machines, you know, video machine that could tell who was the child from, who actually placed him there. Like today, it seems like uh, every, there's a video machine everywhere recording everything, right? Well, that wasn't the case back then. And so Solomon says, okay, let's, let's split the kid and give you half and half. That sounds kind of reasonable to the, those claiming, I don't know. But the real mother says, no, 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 okay, that's okay, I don't have to have it, give it to her. And that's how Solomon realized, okay, so this is the real mother. So, And again, because Solomon is living life. And he's drawing from God's wisdom, and he's following life with God. So listen, young people, this is how life is supposed to be lived. With God, the Lord our God is whom we need in our life to guide us, to bless us, and to point us to the right path in our, in our life, in everything that we do and that we dream about in life. Can you say amen to that? And you, as maybe a more mature and seasoned fellow in Christ, you know that this is true. And I would like to say that maybe we close the chapter of Solomon's life and that he, always was, that he was always faithful to God. But that wasn't the case because we find in the next few lines, and, and, and I guess I need to turn to 1 Kings right now for a little bit here. We know that in the next few chapters, Solomon begins to um, go away from God. And as a matter of fact, if you turn with me to, fir- to 1 Kings chapter 11, in chapter 10, the biblical writer tells us in chapter 11 that Solomon turns from God. And as a matter of fact, verses, I'm just going to highlight a few lines here so that you know where that is. And you go, home, you go back home and read it. Um, in verse 2, towards the end, God has said you shall not associate with you know with the women from from the foreign gods nor shall they associate with you associate with you for they will surely turn your heart away after the gods and solomon held fast to these women in love so the bible says that solomon begins to have more women than any man should have right even today and not only wives but concubines and anybody and and and, and so He says in chapter 3, he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives, listen what he says, turned his heart away. For when Solomon was all, his wives turned his heart away after other gods. And his heart was now wholly devoted to the Lord his God. So Solomon... There's a section, there's a part of his life where he turns away from God. He starts life with God. He he knows God. He follows God. He's guided and blessed by God. But then because of something else, and in his case, women, turn his heart away from God. So I ask you today, is there something in our lives that is turning our hearts away from God? This is why, folks, we need to know and we need to restate that because you're walking with God today doesn't mean that you're going to walk, walk with God every single day of your life, amen? It takes a daily commitment, and it takes for us to have a focus that things, that people, that places, that ambitions, that greed, things may take our heart away from God. And that was the case of Solomon, my friends. You know that Solomon turns away from God, and in chapter Of 1st King, it's something interesting that that we found out. And I don't know if you know this, but in chapter 10, verse 14, the weight of gold which came into Solomon, to Solomon in one year, was guess what? You guys ever remember? Anybody ready there? It was 666 talents of gold. So the first time that you see in a scripture the number 666. It's not in Revelations. It's actually here in 1 Kings. Describing the life of Solomon, 666 talents of gold that he gets yearly. That was his income. But it begins to describe what, the life of a man away from God. This is what Solomon was making when he turned his heart away. When he let women turn his heart away from God. And the love for these foreign women that he had and so it's interesting because this number 666 is picked up in revelation to be used is specifically exactly as that when you see 66 it's 666 is exactly representing a system representing a, a, a system away from god men on their own men not following god's will and that's what happens in in in, in revelations but then you know Ellen G. White even says that Solomon did not deny his heart any desire, whatever he wanted. In this period of his life where he was just pursuing his own desires, whatever he wanted, he did. And she even suggests things that we don't want to dwell on today. But he basically just went depravity and he did whatever he, his heart desired. This was the time when Solomon... Went away from God. Then comes the period of his life. And this is where we find picks up Ecclesiastes. Because you wonder and you say, how can somebody write this kind of book? And if you ever really dig into the book of Ecclesiastes, you begin to wonder, what is the theme of this book? And I just had it here with me. Um, there you go. Because the theme of the book, listen what it says. In chapter verse 1, chapter... Two, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is what? It's vanity. So this, he begins his book by saying vanity is meaning emptiness, right? Emptiness, he says. So Solomon, the preacher, begins this discourse, this book, by saying everything is empty. Life is meaningless. No meaning. Forget it. That's how he starts his book. Now, as a matter of fact, he reads later on, I have seen all the works, chapter 2, verse 14, I have seen all the works which have been done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and is striving after wind. In other words, he said, hey, people live life and they live as the, you know, and even at the end of it, it's like they're just pursuing wind. So life is meaningless. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you're going to do in life. It has no meaning. And this is where chapter 3 continues on. Because in this context, he talks about futility of labor. That even if you work, it just means it's meaningless to work. So nothing, everything is emptiness, everything is meaningless. And then he comes in chapter 3 and he says there's an appointed time for everything. And there's a time for everything under the sun, under heaven. A time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plan. And again, he's just describing what life away from God will be like. He said that as you look at life, it will seem that there's a time for everything. And then I want you to turn with me because, and and, and again, because of time, read Ecclesiastes and you'll find that it will almost seem like this book, if you just read the first few verses and the center message of it, it will seem like everything is meaningless. But then it comes to the final chapters of the book, which I submit to you that is really his intention of why he writes it. And the purpose of why he wants us to read it. Verse chapter 1, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse of, of, of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 9. He tells you and me, and anybody who feels young, rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood, and follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes. Again, he's telling you what? Hey, listen. This is what you this is what the young people will be waiting to hear. Hey, listen, go live life as whatever you want to do. Go do it. Just go live as you please. Do it. Whatever you desire, your heart impulse as heart, go. And then, but then he comes and he says, yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. So he says, remove grief and anger from your heart. And put away pain from your body because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. And then he says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near when you when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are darkened and clouds return after the rain. In the day that the watchman of the house trembles and mighty men stoop, the grinding ones the grinding ones stand idle because they are few. And those who look through windows grow dim. So Solomon comes to the end of his life. And this is the purpose of writing his book. And what I wanted to say this morning to you was this. Know that the time of our lives to serve God is now. Amen? That you are here and it may seem like there is time for everything. And what this is what Solomon wants to tell us that as he lived his life, he thought it was time for everything. But as he experienced, as a matter of fact, he writes Ecclesiastes from the perspective of someone who has been close to God, who has, by his mistakes and because the love of other things in his life, He put things and women away in first place before God, and he went away from God. And now he has the chance to come back, and he wants to tell us so that we will not make the same mistake. And he says, listen, this is what life away from God is. is meaningless. It has no purpose. But you know that at the end of your life, whatever you do, whatever you do with your days, whatever you do with your time, God will judge you, and, the, and he says, and it's better to remember your, God, your creator, what? In the days of your youth. When everything is going well, when you're having fun, when you're really healthy, this is when you must follow God, because he says that before the bad days come, those old days, not 46 here, but <laughs> it's going to get worse from what I hear. When I, Imagine when I get to 90, right? If I make it, apparently people are living longer and longer. So before those days come, the time to serve the Lord is now. Amen.